0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups, son of a. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. Woo-hoo! Here are your hosts: Joe Galina, Frank Stanfill, and Mike Florio.
1: And welcome back to Weekend Fantasy Update on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stanful here with your boy, Chris your Ventra. Boy. Let's jump right back in. Yep. Yeah. We've only covered. We've, we're an hour into the show. We've only covered two games. That's my fault, Chris. I apologize. No, it's okay. I'm doing a bad job. We're, we're doing what we can here. We're trying doing to help what we the people, you know? All right. Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Packers on the road here. Three-point favorites with an over-under of 45 points. Ernie ruled out in this game. Safety Morgan Burnett for the Packers. uh, And Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga are questionable once again. God, man. Those two tackles. Uh, Aaron Aaron Jones ran all over the Cowboys last week. I can only imagine what he could have done if the Packers have a fully healthy offensive line. So, I'm looking forward to that day if it ever happens. Maybe it's this week, but... Probably not. Already ruled out for the Vikings, Sam Bradford, Stephon Diggs, and offensive lineman Nick Easton. So, I guess let's start there. I have Adam Thielen ranked inside my top 12 at wide receiver this week. Uh, I think it's an absolute slam dunk. I think, you know, he's already, he's like 10th in the NFL for targets so far this year with 40 and now he's losing Stephon Diggs in a great matchup against the Packers who I know have given up five touchdowns to wide receivers over their past three games so that's a place where they're getting shredded and if you remember that monster game that Thielen had last year 200 yards two touchdowns that was against the Green Bay Packers so I love Thielen this week inside my top 12 I mean I'm starting him everywhere if you could get him in your lineup in DFS that's the guy that I'm all over
2: Right, I agree. A hundred. I mean, what better week to start them than the week that Diggs is out and against the Green Bay Packers that are banged up and their secondary isn't great. Um, and I would think the Vikings are going to have to throw the ball. The Packers are going to put up points against the Vikings, even though their defense is pretty damn solid. I would say the Packers are going to put up points, and that means the Vikings are going to have to throw the ball. Plus, you don't have Cook there. It's McKinnon and Murray. I don't think McKinnon does what he did last week again in this game. So I think they're going to have trouble running the ball, these Vikings. So you're right. The volume should be there. The targets should be there. And the numbers should
1: be there. If there's a week to play him, you play him here. So you sound like you're very low on Jarek McKinnon this week. um, Yeah. Just based on what you were just saying. Um, But he is going up against a Packers defense that has allowed... 100 rushing yards to running backs in four straight games. So I think he can have some success. I have him as a low-end RB2 this week. And even if they fall behind, that favors him as well. Because he's the pass-catching back. Latavius Murray is not going to catch a lot of passes. We saw McKinnon with six receptions last week, uh, so I still like him as an RB2 there. Uh, Kyle Rudolph should see an uptick in targets with Stefan Diggs out, obviously. The Packers have been sneaky good against tight ends, however. Uh, I have Kyle Rudolph as a low-end tight end one. We'll go to the other side of this game. Packers, when we get back, Weekend Fantasy Update. Let's fantasy go. Sports Let's... Radio Network. We're back. Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stanford here with Chris Ventra. Spoke about the Vikings a little bit, and during the break, you uh, spoke to me about your thoughts on Jarek McKinnon. Right. Would you like to tell the audience real quick?
2: Yeah, so it's not that i com- completely off McKinnon or think he's going to have a bad game. I just don't think he's going to do what he did last week, which was in PPR scoring formats, 26.6 points or something like that, which is a really great day for any running back. So... I don't think that's happening again uh, this week or, you know,
1: I I don't even know if he'll do that ever again this entire season, to be honest with you. What do you think? you agree? So last week McKinnon played 47 snaps. That was 67% of the load, whereas Latavius Murray played 22 snaps. Uh, And I don't think, obviously, I agree with you that McKinnon's not going to have this monster game that he did last week. But I'm looking at, I think he can get, 80 total yards, maybe we're looking at 50 rushing and 30 receiving, Uh, I think that's a pretty safe floor too, and then if he gets in the end zone we're talking about a guy who is perhaps a high-end RB2 right now, I have him ranked as a low-end RB2 but I like what he can do this week because he has that kind of breakaway ability, and like I mentioned, even if they fall behind I think that favors him too because he's the one who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield, we saw that last week as well I have him ranked right now as my RB eighteen, right ahead of Alvin Kamara, Chris Thompson, Aaron Jones, Carlos Hyde. So if that if you want to know who the would start with Jarek McKinnon, those are some of the guys that I would start him ahead of. Uh going over to the uh,
2: Let me just interrupt you for a second. You have Jarek McKinnon over Alvin Kamara? Yes, I do. Wow. We have we might have to talk about that.
1: <laughs> you talk about it right now?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh I hit twenty two touches last week. They were playing the Bears. This is McKinnon I'm talking about. And the Bears you can do that with because they're not putting up a lot of points. This week against Green Bay, they're going to put up points. I don't know if he's going to get that type of that type of work. And I think Kamara's work is only going to go up because now Peterson's gone and everything. And Kamara, wouldn't you say, has the higher ceiling than, than this guy? Would, would you think that he would have the higher ceiling overall and this week? Kamara, probably.
1: I mean, moving forward, if you ask me who I'd rather own, rest of season moving forward, it well, is yeah. Kamara. And yeah. I think he does have higher ceiling. But we're we're projecting. We're projecting for Alvin Kamara something that we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen the Saints play without Adrian Peterson yet. So we're still kind of just speculating. Right. But I do agree. I think that his workload is going to grow. The difference here is that Jarek McKinnon played a lot more snaps than Latavius Murray last week. So in my opinion, I'm looking at him as the starting running back of the Minnesota Vikings and their offensive line has played pretty damn well so far this season. I don't feel like people are talking about that enough. So to their credit, Vikings offensive line playing well. Packers have allowed 100 or more rushing yards mm-hmm. in four straight games to opposing running backs. So I just think that the floor is very high for Jarek McKinnon. And I said, if he can get in the end zone too, if he breaks one off or gets a receiving touchdown here, then we're looking at you know a potential top 15 or a top 12 running back finish this week for Jarek McKinnon. So I like Kamara a lot this week because they're both inside my top 20 at running back. But I just think that the the floor is much safer for Jarek McKinnon. I won't argue with you. The upside is probably higher for Kamara, though.
2: I agree with the floor, though. But let's move on. That's that's true because he's going to have more carries.
1: Jordy Nelson is expected to play in this game, uh, but I predict he's probably going to be shadowed by Xavier Rhodes over the past three weeks. Xavier Rhodes has shadowed Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Marvin Jones. When he is shadowing those players, Antonio Brown had four receptions for 54 yards uh, on the routes that Xavier Rhodes was shadowing him. Mike Evans had four receptions for 36 yards. Marvin Jones had two receptions for 42 yards. So I have lowered Jordy Nelson a little bit. If I'm going to lower Mike Evans because he's facing Patrick Peterson, I'm going to lower Jordy Nelson a little bit because he is going up against Xavier Rhodes. With that being said, He's still my wide receiver 14. Uh, He's a borderline wide receiver one. But given the fact that he's banged up and going up against Xavier Rhodes, I have to downplay him a little bit. Mm. If I own both uh, Green Bay Packers wide receivers, to be honest, I like Devontae Adams more this week.
2: I agree, yeah.
1: I mean, you see what he's done. Um, Jordy was a little banged
2: up last week. Adams had the better game last week by a lot. Um, So if, if that's the case, if Jordy plays... Actually, if Jordy doesn't play, I actually don't like Devontae Adams as much because now you got Rhodes on Devontae Adams. Yep. So if he gets if he gets knocked out of the game early on or something with that injury, um, we, we're in trouble. But Devontae Adams will be on the second cornerback, which means that he'll have better opportunity to score. And I just like Devontae Adams overall. But Jordy's obviously still got a nice floor. I think I stick. He's still going to get you know at least three or four catches and sixty something yards and. You know, I'll give you twelve points at least, you know? Something like that.
1: Yeah, I'm certainly I'm not benching him by no, any means. No. That's not happening. He's still my wide receiver fourteen this week. Um let's talk about the Packers running back situation just real quick. The Vikings are allowing just three point three yards per carry on the year. That is tied for fourth best or worst, depending on how you look at it. But it's a very <laughs> low number. Um and Ty Montgomery is still questionable in this game. I have Aaron Jones as my RB twenty one right now because I don't think that Ty Montgomery is going to play. Ultimately, I think they give him another week to rest. If Ty Montgomery does get in here, I still don't think he's seeing the the majority of touches. I still think it's Aaron Jones. I think they want to be cautious with Ty Montgomery. So right now, this is assuming Ty Montgomery doesn't play. Aaron Jones is my RB21, low-end RB2. It's not a great matchup, but because he plays for the Packers, he ran so well last week. I still think he can get an opportunity to score a touchdown in this game. If Ty Montgomery plays, I'm dropping him outside my top 24, and he's more of a flex option. Uh, With that being said, even if Ty Montgomery goes, I don't think that I want to get him in my lineup this week.
2: Yeah, I'd wait and see with that because, you know, he could easily just have a dud or not get the carries you want from him. Uh, It's hard to play someone coming off injury. And after what Aaron Jones did last week with 19 carries, 125 yards, uh, only one catch for nine yards, but he had over 20 fantasy points of PPR. He had a touchdown. I mean, how do you not want to plug him in again especially with a you know potent green may Packers offense i know the matchup isn't great but you know if you have him and you don't really have anything better i'd start him over montgomery definitely because he's healthy too you got to go with the healthy guy over the you know the guy that's coming back from injury Martell-
1: martellus bennett is a tight end who has disappointed so far this season uh he's still my 11th ranked tight end this week because if there has been a place to attack The Vikings defense, it has been against opposing tight ends. They're allowing the ninth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends so far this year. And they just gave up a tight end last week to Zach Miller, like we saw, albeit it was very fluky. Uh, So Martellus Bennett, another low-end tight end one. Before we get into what should be an absolute shootout in the New Orleans Saints and Detroit Lions, we have a caller, Bertan in Jersey. Bertan, what's your question?
3: hey guys I got a couple questions how's it going
1: great how you doing
3: Uh, by the way thanks good good um I got a Matthew Stafford starting but Kevin Hogan seemed like he was on fire so I don't know if I should start Kevin Hogan
1: yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to overrate the Kevin Hogan. I yeah. mentioned earlier. I have him ranked as my QB fifteen. I think he's a good bye week replacement. Uh, and I understand your concern because Stafford is dealing with some injuries. But uh, overall, it's still a pretty damn good matchup in the dome with a very high over under there. Uh, so I have Matthew Stafford ranked as my eighth quarterback. I, th- I still think he's a very very solid QB one this week. So I'm going with Stafford.
2: Yeah. Um. Don't get yeah. Don't get too cute with it. Go with Stafford. He's the safer option. I mean, Hogan could easily just have a dud as well. Uh, You know, he's your quarterback. I would stick with him, especially in this matchup. I mean, you can't you you can't go anywhere else with that.
1: You have another question? Yeah, I got a. If
3: you had to pick two running backs, I have Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, and Le'Veon Bell. Who are who are the two? Oh my god! First of all, I would like to congratulate you because (laughs) you won the league. I don't have a flex option. By
1: the way, you—what you, does that mean? You don't have a flex option. Do you have to use one of the? Like I
3: don't, i can't start all three of them. I wish I could. I can't. It's a Three wide oh. receiver and a two uh, running who, back. Lead.
1: Can I ask yeah, who, are, who are your wide receivers?
3: My wide receivers—I have. I was gonna ask you that. That was gonna be another question if I could. I have a, I have Juju Smith, I have Fuller, I have Willie Snead, and also I have. Gabriel,
1: oh, so that's a new. So that, these, these are yeah. all of your wide receivers, or do you have guys on bye? Yeah, those are I all. Have all of them. Da, uh, Dak and uh, Dez on bye.
3: And that's Jacksonville for de- uh, defense and the kicker. I got Hopkins.
1: All right, so for this week, I'm let me. I'm gonna pull up the rankings to see how I have these guys ranked, but damn, that's a damn good problem to have. Um, I'm gonna go with Kareem Hunt and Le'Veon Bell here, but honestly, I feel like depending on whoever has the biggest game of these guys trade one of them away yeah i was just about to, to say that a legit wide receiver one like you can trade Kareem Hunt or Todd Gurley for Antonio Brown right now and based because you can't start all three of these running backs every single week because you don't have a flex i understand wanting to have the depth but if one of them is being wasted away on your bench every single week you can do yourself a service in trading one of them away to get an elite wide receiver. I know you have Dez on buy, but you can couple Dez with like an Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins or something. That's something that I would look into doing. I'm starting Kareem Hunt and Le'Veon Bell real quick. Do you agree, Chris? I agree, and you got to trade. You have no
2: purpose but to trade one of those guys. You need help with wide receiver because Dez seemed like your best one by far.
1: All right, when we come back, getting back into the games, Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
3: friends if you want to win at fantasy sports wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at fantasy sports i'm going to tell you about dailyroto.com don't be intimidated by the draft kings and fan duel sharks even the fantasy draft sharks the guys at dailyroto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers but they've created three others that's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone don't be fooled by screenshots talking about twenty-five thousand dollars winners from other places go to dailyroto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires dailyroto.com tell them greg Sussman that yeah
1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. No Joe Galina, no Michael Florio. Those guys are off gallivanting. They're doing their thing. But we got one of Joe Galina's henchmen. We have Chris Venture here.
2: What's up? What's up? It's your boy. It's your boy.
1: All right, let's keep it moving. We teased a big game. Detroit Lions at New Orleans Saints. The Saints are favored by four points here with an over-under of 50 points. There's no one really of note that's been ruled out. Outside linebacker Paul Warlow for the Lions. Uh, The Saints have two offensive linemen who are questionable. The big news here is... Hallelujah. Praise God. Hollaback. Adrian Peterson is gone. So (laughs) we can be excited about the Saints running backs once again until Mark Ingram gets down to the goal line and Sean Payton takes him out. Of course, uh, for me, I'm starting both of them this week. Uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, they're both inside my top 20 at running back. I, I like Ingram a little bit more just because I think that his touches are going to be safer. He was playing the most of all three of these running backs uh, around that you know 50% snap mm-hmm. range. Uh, but now I think it's going to be closer. I, I think you know, obviously Alvin Kamara gets an uptick, but both of these guys are, I think, legitimate RB2s this week.
2: Absolutely. I think uh, you're right. Ingram, because he's going to have the better chance and more opportunity to score a touchdown in this game. Um, And he will probably get more touches overall. Uh, In PPR, I think it's a little closer, though. Because I think Kamara is going to get his fair share of targets. Yeah, he's coming coming
1: off a game where he had 10 receptions. (laughs) But with that being said, I mean you can't sleep on Ingram's ability as a receiver. He catches a lot of passes out of the backfield Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, And if we're just looking at what the Lions have allowed to opposing running backs so far this year, they've allowed 32 receptions. That's tied for the same amount as the New Orleans Saints. They're both inside the top five for receptions allowed to opposing running backs so far this season. So, yes, there's going to be a lot of production for Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara in this game. Obviously, you're starting Drew Brees. uh, You're starting Michael Thomas, although maybe he gets shadowed by Darius Slay, but last week, we saw Darius Slay get a little bit exposed by Kelvin Benjamin. Caught a great touchdown down the sideline. As much as I love Darius Slay, uh, Michael Thomas is obviously untouchable, and he's a wide receiver one. On the opposite side here, I wanted to bring this up because I'm not sure that many people are aware of this, but the New Orleans Saints, according to Pro Football Focus, have two of the top six outside cornerbacks so far this season, according to Pro Football Focus grades. That's... Ken Crawley, who's ranked as the fourth-best cornerback, and Marshawn Lattimore, uh, the rookie who has played fantastic, is ranked as the sixth-best cornerback on the outside. So I'm looking at TJ Jones and Marvin Jones. I, you're not starting TJ Jones, obviously, but I can see a lot of people looking at Marvin Jones and just automatically saying to themselves, oh, this is, they're going up against the New Orleans Saints. I've got to get him in my lineup. Not so fast. I'm not sure that I feel too strongly about Marvin Jones this week. I think he's a low-end wide receiver three, but I am tempering expectations there. Golden Tate is the guy that I like because he's uh, in the slot matched up against Kenny Vaccaro, who is ranked as one of the worst slot corners uh, in the league so far he's this season. He's not even a corner, really. He's, no, he's, he's not. safety, yeah. But, you know, when he has to come up and, and play against these slot receivers, right. he's, that's, that's where the Saints have given up a lot of their damage so far. And I think this is a, a game where Golden Tate can get right. Uh, I have him inside my top 15 at wide receiver this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, Golden Tate is... If you talk about rock-solid wide receiver PPR plays... It doesn't get more rock solid than Golden Tate. I'm sorry. On any given week. I don't care who he's playing. He's almost, you know, you have to play him almost every week. Um, and, yeah, Marvin Jones and the other guys, yeah, I wouldn't touch them. They're, they're very sketchy, sketchy plays on any week. And I know you said, as you said, these cornerbacks have been doing great this year so far. But uh, even if they weren't, I, I wouldn't really want to touch them.
1: As long as I've known you, Chris Venture, you've really been the... Amir Abdullah guy so if you want to wax poetic on him right now I know you brought up some stats earlier on I think he's a very solid RB2 in that range the problem for me is that it doesn't always happen I think it's a misperception because he still has I believe it's over 50% of their rushes inside the five-yard line and I'm pulling that up right now Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah he has they've had three carries so far this season inside the five-yard line he has two of those so that's 67%. Dang. Zach Zenner got one last week, and he converted a touchdown. But it's just very annoying that when Amir Abdullah is in there and gets inside the 10, the 5, it's like if he doesn't score on his first rushing attempt, they just take him out and they put in a Zach Zenner or DeAndre Washington, uh, Dwayne Washington, rather. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very annoying situation. I still love Amir Abdullah this week, but it is annoying if you are an owner of his.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating to own him because, you know, people think of him not as a goal line back and you know, maybe even the coaches think, because he has a smaller back... And Zenner's there. and But I, I think he's just the better, more talented option. I don't care what his size is. Devontae Freeman is small. He's a goal back, and he gets, he has a nose for the end zone. If you look at Abdul's one touchdown run this year, it was a very nice run at the five-yard line that he snuck through the line and actually dove forward to get the touchdown. So he has the ability to do it. Last week, game script didn't play a part. The Lions were down big early, uh, and that's it. Once they're down big, they're going to throw the ball, and they're going to keep D.O. Riddick in the game because he's the pass-catching option. But Abdullah is a very underrated pass catcher. He's a great pass catcher, actually. And could have those games where he gives you, like the week before against the Vikings, 20 carries for 19-plus yards. uh, And he'll get catches. In this game against New Orleans, they're actually 30th against the run, according to DVOA. I don't really want to explain DVOA, but I I know some people might not know what that is. Some people do. Um, But it's a very interesting stat. And New Orleans, yes, 30th against the run, 16th against the pass. So they might have... You know, game script might dictate them running the ball a lot here. I could see 15 to 20 carries for him, three or four catches.
1: DVOA, you mentioned it a little bit real quick, and I feel like we should explain it because if we're using it as a metric, as a metric, uh, and people are listening, they probably, maybe they've never heard of it, I know that instead of just looking at fantasy points against, it kind of takes everything into consideration. Strength of schedule, it takes all these different factors in and comes up with a metric that measures you know, how effective a team has actually been against, whether it's the pass or the run. So when you hear DVOA from Chris Ventura, that's that's really how they're yeah. using that metric, right?
2: Right, yeah, they're using all different things. First downs, which means successful plays, um, you know they calculate all different things that make it more, you know, because like let's say a team goes off against a horrible defense, that's skewing their numbers. So they take that into account. How bad was that defense they played, and they you know readjust the rankings and, and make it that way. So it's very, it's, it's pretty legit.
1: It's an all-encompassing statistic basically, yeah. where they, they they take a lot of different factors into consideration. Uh, Willie Snead is making his debut in this game, uh, but for me. I would rather take a wait-and-see approach. I don't know that I want to get him in my lineup right away. I know that he could do some things uh, in PPR leagues for the season-long purposes, but I think I want to take a wait-and-see approach with him. Uh, And Eric Ebron came out this week that uh, mentally he's down in the dumps. So, I guess... uh, I guess just don't put them in your lineup this week. It's okay because there is no shortage of uh, tight end streaming options this week. Agreed. Do you agree about Willie Sneed? Absolutely. Kind of taking a wait and see approach? Mm -hmm. All right. Miami Dolphins at the Atlanta Falcons, where the Falcons are favored by 12.5 points. Uh, Actually, if you're still alive in survivor pools, which I am alive in the Fantasy Factor survivor pool, I am taking the Atlanta Falcons this week because the Miami Dolphins are absolutely atrocious. Jay Cutler is collecting a paycheck, doesn't want to play football. Uh, Devontae Parker is listed as doubtful for this game. He is one of their best playmakers. So they're coming in. They're really hobbling into Atlanta with Atlanta coming off the bye. I don't know that there is a better situation for survivor picks this week. So I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, And real quick, uh, Mm -hmm. just wanted to mention that... um, I think that this to be a major bump in the road for the the Miami Dolphins going up against the Atlanta Falcons. A major bump in the road. Yeah. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I think so. Yeah. Should I should I should I draw the line? I think you, yeah. With, with my jokes. <laughs> All right, I'll just leave it there. Uh, Mohamed Sanu has already been ruled out for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Julio is playing. He's in your lineup. Uh, he's going up against Cordray Tankersley, who was a rookie for the Dolphins, who has played well so far this year. But I think this is a game where we can see uh, Julio Jones kind of break out. And I was telling people I think that he was a good buy-low candidate. So I like him in this game with a 12-and-a-half point advantage. I think De- Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman can bo- both be useful in this game because if they're playing with a big lead in the fourth quarter – Maybe they're conserving Devontae Freeman, and maybe they're getting Tevin Coleman those touches. Uh, so I could see both running backs. Obviously, Devontae Freeman is a top-five running back this week, uh, but I think Tevin Coleman is actually a very, very sneaky flex option this week.
2: Yeah, I love Tevin Coleman. I mean, talent-wise, he's up there with anybody, I think, but uh, it depends on the touches he gets. I just worry because, I, like I said, I, I looked at the, the DVOA for this again. The Dolphins, they're uh, second against the run according to DVOA, and 28th or something like that against the pass. So it looks like they could, you know, it'll be easy for, easier for the Falcons to pass, but maybe they take a huge lead and then the volume's there for uh, Freeman and, and Coleman to get to both eat. And I would absolutely stop both of them this week because you know what? The Dolphins also, offense is miserable. Cutlass stinks and the Falcons are going to get the ball a ton. So I think they'll have plenty of opportunities to, one, get the ball in good field position, score, and everything else. Everybody's going to get fed this game.
1: I mentioned Mohamed Sanu is out in this game. I think that makes Taylor Gabriel a sneaky low-end wide receiver three. I don't love him as much as everyone else does, but based on how bad this Dolphins defense has been, I think Taylor Gabriel has the upside where he can you know take a big play and score a touchdown. He's a boomer bust low-end yeah. wide receiver three for me this week. Uh, for the Dolphins... For me, the only one that I'm starting is Jarvis Landry. Um, I think it's a good matchup out of the slot here. No Devontae Parker, so I think there's going to be a lot of targets going his way. Kenny Stills on the outside is going to get matched up with Desmond Trufant, so that is not anything that I want to get in on. You're not starting him. Uh, It's really just Jarvis Landry. And obviously, based on the volume, Jay Ajayi still has to get in there. What do
2: you think about Jay Ajayi?
1: I still think he's a low-end RB one. Whenever you're getting twenty to twenty-five carries, based on that volume, you're right. going to be a low-end RB one, high-end RB two. It's the efficiency that hasn't been there. Right. But the Falcons haven't been great against the run, so you're still starting Ajayi. If you're starting Jarvis Landry, we'll be back right after this. More games, breaking it down. Weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yoga Weekend Southeast. Fantasy Update. Pete Considori, our producer. What the hell is this? <laughs>
3: I don't know. I am going to be honest. I thought we were getting something a little more heavier and we went, we, we went got-
1: we went to 0 real quick. We, we, what? Slipknot. we went to break with Slipknot, and we come back with yoga music. Yeah, I dropped the ball on that.
3: I dropped the ball on that. I thought we were doing a little bit better, but uh, like I said, 100-0 real quick. Real quick.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll forgive you this one time, Pete Considori. Thank Obviously you. doing a great job, as always, producing the shows. You can check him out on the producers with uh, Chris Pavona and Kevin Walsh. Let's keep it moving. New England Patriots at the New York Jets. My J-E-T-S. New York Jets. Three and two, baby. This game, believe it or not, is for first place in the division, which is just so crazy to say with the Bills on the bye, but both teams are three and two. Uh, The Patriots are favored by nine and a half points here. Uh, already ruled out for the Patriots is cornerback Eric Rowe. They have Rex Burkhead, who is questionable. Uh, no one has been ruled out for the Jets so far, but Muhammad Wilkerson and Bilal Powell are questionable. I do not expect Bilal Powell to play in this game. We can just run through this quickly. It's You're starting Tom Brady. Yep. You're starting Rob Gronkowski because he's, he actually made it to Friday and he wasn't on the injury report. So this is actually one of the games where I actually feel very, very strongly about Gronkowski uh, and that he's finally healthy here you're starting Chris Hogan because you know he has really become the go-to consistent guy in this offense you know we thought that Brandon Cooks would really take that step forward once Julian Edelman went down um, and for those who thought Chris Hogan was going to step up and be the Julian Edelman and now they're laughing at you laughing at me and saying oh I told you so I, I told you he was going to be the Julian Edelman he's not He's still not Julian Edelman. No. He's not, you know, he's not running out of the slot. He's not that possession kind of I'm in get a lot of receptions guy. Yeah. It's just that Chris Hogan has really stepped up as the outside guy here, uh, and he's making the most of his opportunities. So good for him. Uh, you're starting him. You're starting Brandon Cooks. I will say that Morris Claiborne has played very well so far this season, uh, and he's shadowed a wide receiver. And every week since week two, and he's been very successful in that. So I don't know exactly who he's going to get here in this matchup. Mm-hmm. I think that the Patriots are going to move guys around, so you know that can that can make it difficult to figure out. I'm pulling it up here. Uh, they think Chris Hogan is actually going to get more uh, more Playborn there, but you know I still like Hogan and Brandon Cooks as top twelve wide receivers this week. You got to get them in your lineup. Um, So I think that's fine. Gillisley, I think, is an interesting conversation to have because he's so dependent on scoring a touchdown. In a standard league, I still think that he's a very solid uh, RB2, but he hasn't scored a touchdown in a while now. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week two against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, While his efficiency has been better, he's averaging over four yards per carry each of the past two games. He's not getting in the end zone, but this comes with the territory. They've been using Deion Lewis in the in the red zone. They use James White there. So it's really touchdown or bust for Mike Gilleslie that makes him a solid RB2 in standard leagues. And in PPR, I, I have no problem just completely benching him.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is a week, though, that Gilleslie bounces back a little, has a touchdown in this game. I think the Patriots could take a significant lead which will lead to significant volume for Gilleslie, So
1: I agree with you there. Uh, the Jets defense has allowed 28 receptions, two opposing running backs so far. So I do like James White as well. I think in a PPR league, uh, very solid low-end RB2. In standard, I still think that he could get a decent amount of yards. Uh, so I think he is a good flex option, even in standard. On the Jets side of the ball, originally we wanted Elijah McGuire, but Honestly, this is a situation that I'm trying to avoid now. I still think that he is a low-end flex option for standard leagues, but I don't feel great about it because Matt Forte, the dinosaur Matt Forte, is still there and he's going to play. It makes no sense to me why the Jets would give him a lot of carries, uh, but I could see this being probably a 50-50 split, enough where... Maguire and Forte take away from each other, and neither one really ends up being fantasy productive in this game.
2: Yeah, I mean, Maguire hasn't proven anything or enough yet to, to show that he should be started anywhere in season-long leagues. Um, you could take a chance on him, or if you have no choice, you know, plug him in. I think he's got higher upside than Forte, obviously, but Forte's there and he's healthy. I think he's basically just a DFS play this week. You want to take a chance on him in a big tournament in DFS? Sure, go ahead. But in season long, I wouldn't risk starting him.
1: Austin Safarian Jenkins is probably the Jets offensive player that I feel most strongly about here. Uh, Going up against the Patriots, who have allowed a touchdown to opposing tight ends in four of five games so far this season. And Safarian Jenkins, you know, they said last week they were going to feature him. The targets were there. I mean, he only had 29 yards, but still scored a touchdown. What you're looking for out of a tight end to be a tight end one is a touchdown. And I think that... Also Seferian Jenkins has a pretty good chance of getting in the end zone, so I actually have him you know as a pretty high up tight end this week. He's inside my top eight amongst tight ends. Would you agree with that uh, top eight
2: I'm not sure if I'd 100 percent agree with that, but I, I think he's very solid. Is he a start for you It depends on.
1: Me. I, actually, I have him as my fourth best tight end this week, really. I have him ahead of Evan Ingram. I have him and Evan Ingram inside my top five. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Tight ends are crazy. But Delaney Walker, if he's playing with Matt Castle, there's just question marks there. Jordan Reed wasn't on the injury report, but then comes out Friday and says that he's still not 100%. And the 49ers have actually been played very well against tight ends so far this year. So yeah, Austin Severian Jenkins is inside my top five. He's going to get targets, yeah. I feel good about it.
2: What do you think he's a better PPR play, though, right, than a a standard play?
1: Austin Severian Jenkins? Yeah. Um... I think he's solid in both because I think the targets are going to be there. I think we're looking at seven, eight targets for him in this game. Maybe he gives you five, six receptions around 40 yards, and I think <laughs> yeah. you get in the end zone. And really, that's all you need. 40 yards and a touchdown out of a tight end, you're probably going to end up being a top five tight end. Right.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: All okay. Right. So, moving on to the next game here, uh, the 49ers at the Washington football team. The Washington football team is favored by 11 points. If, if you've already used your Falcons in the survivor pool, this is another one that I feel very strongly about, uh, where... The Washington football team is coming off a bye, and they are favored by 11 points here. So they've had a long time to game plan for this 49ers team. The over/under is 46 points. With that, wow. With that being said, um, the 49ers are really reverting back to last year, where they were getting shredded by opposing running backs. So. I like Chris Thompson. I like him a lot as a low-end RB2 going up against this 49ers team. I know the volume might not be there, but really, he has big play potential. Even if he's just getting 10 to 12 carries, I think that he can make a lot happen in those carries or receptions, and Rob Kelly is looking doubtful. They've already said he's probably not going to play, and I think that also helps a Samaj Pirine. In the one game where Rob Kelly didn't play, Pirine had 19 carries, and he has not been efficient. On a yards per carry basis, Samaj P. Ryan has not been good. But if he's getting 18 around, you know, 15 to 18 carries, uh, especially in the fourth quarter with the red I almost said it. With the Washington football <laughs> team leading, uh, then I think that he can have some success against this 49ers defense. So Chris Thompson inside my top 24 in both standard and PPR. Samaj P. Ryan, I think, is a very, very nice flex play. Yeah, um, Thompson, PPR.
2: I would I would consider agreeing. I, I like you said. You said the volume. I don't know what the volume is going to be like for him though. That's the problem. His volume could vary, and if he gets no volume, he could easily do nothing, like he did. I think it was last week, right, or the week before. Um, uh, and Piran, I think, is strictly standard.
1: Yes, standard agreed. only. Not, not PPR. He's not catching the ball at yeah. the backfield whatsoever uh, for the Washington football team receivers. I like Terrell Pryor's chances of, of having a nice game here. The problem is Kirk Cousins really just spreads the ball around. He doesn't zone in on just one wide receiver. We saw that the past couple of years. He'll target Jordan Reed. Uh, in years past, he, he's, he targeted Pierre Garçon. He targeted Deshaun Jackson. He really didn't just lock into one guy and keep feeding that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I do like Terrell Pryor just based on the matchup. The 49ers have allowed over 200 receiving yards to wide receivers in three straight games. That's two collective units. Uh, so I think there could be some production here. I think you know we're looking at a game. Maybe he can score 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so that'll be good enough to make him a low-end wide receiver two. Uh, Jamison Crowder. If you could take a wait-and-see approach, I'd still rather do it. I mean, I think this hip has been hurting him all season long, so I really don't feel comfortable putting him in my lineup. There's a league where I actually have to use him because my only other option is Ricardo Lewis, and I have Paul Richardson on by. That's, that's a deeper league, so I'm using Crowder there. Uh, right. But to me, he he's just outside my top 36. Like, I, I really don't you can't feel trust good about him. Right him. Now.
2: Yeah, you can't, he hasn't done anything all year, really. Uh, he's been hurt, and that's why I... I really like Terrell Pryor actually because he's hurt. Uh, Reed's been banged up all year pretty much. Um, you know, all their main weapons from last year are all banged up. And Pryor actually had his first pretty good game. He had a touchdown. Uh, I think he grows off that. I think he's just going to get better. And this is a great matchup for him. I also like the 49ers offense.
1: Yeah, I really like it. No Josh Norman in this game, so I think Pierre Garçon gets force-fed targets. Uh, I actually like George Kittle. This is a good matchup where Redskins haven't been able to cover the tight end all that well so far this year, and uh, we saw George Kittle. They were talking about him a lot in the preseason, and then last week went out, had nine targets, had seven receptions, Uh, so he had a very good PPR game, and he got in the end zone, so... I do feel good about Pierre Garçon. I like George Kittle as a streaming option, similar to a Ryan Griffin. He's a low-end, tight-end one for me this week. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, the targets have been there, but similar to a Taylor Gabriel, I would liken those two. Uh, He's really just a boomer bust kind of guy. He's a a low-end wide receiver three with boomer bust potential.
2: I I mean, I agree, except for one thing. Kittle, I think, can be a long-term tight end option. I agree with With targets. Last week had, I think, 11 targets or something like that. Nine targets, maybe. And uh, Goodwin had 11 targets last week, too. I think Goodwin's a little bit more than Gabriel because... If everyone's healthy on that Falcon save, they have a ton of weapons. This team does not have a ton of weapons. So Goodwin could be something more than just a, you know a boomer bus play every week.
1: I like that call a lot. We will wrap it up here next on the Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you new to daily fantasy sports? Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor is running a $500 NFL free roll this week. Free entry. Simply sign up and enter. 500 bucks. Are you kidding me? It's free. You can win it. www.fantasyfactor.com. Com. All right, we got to go rapid fire here. Tampa Bay Bucks at Arizona Cardinals. Bucks one and a half point favorites over under of 45 and a half. We spoke about Doug Martin. We like him. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, to me, is a low-end QB one that that game where he had four interceptions last year that was at Arizona I will say this Patrick Peterson is questionable for this game I'd be surprised if he doesn't play though you're still using Mike Evans and I love Deshaun Jackson this week standard PPR um, the other side of Patrick Peterson uh, his counterpart Bethel has been absolutely torched yeah. by wide receivers so far this year so I love Deshaun Jackson is there anything else you need to say about the Bucks?
2: Um
1: a tight end great Cameron Bray, You still feel good about him? Yeah. I the Cardinals t- isn't the greatest matchup.
2: Not the greatest matchup, but, you know, besides wide receiver once, you know, you could pass on this team and, and get points.
1: Arizona Cardinals. Carson Palmer is a solid QB one for me, just based on volume. I think he can throw for 300 yards, uh, maybe a couple of touchdowns, probably going to have some turnovers as well. Adrian Peterson, don't do it. Yep. Don't fool around with that situation. Not yet. Take a wait and see approach if you added him. Andre Ellington, uh, low end RB2 slash flex in PP. PR leagues only. I'm not really using him in standard leagues. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, the way to attack the Tampa Bay Bucks has been through the slot, so I think that Larry Fitzgerald can actually have a big game here. Besides him, it's the Cardinals' carousel as usual.
2: Right, yeah. Definitely do not start Adrian Peterson. Wait and see with that for
1: sure. Uh, Are there any other Cardinals wide receivers that you like in this game that you would feel strongly about using?
2: Uh, The only other wide receiver on the Cardinals I like is Jerome Brown, I think, out of all of them. Uh, Otherwise, I don't really want to touch them.
1: LA Rams at Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's what you need to know about this game. Leonard Fournette versus Todd Gurley. That's it. All right. (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers at Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are four-point favorites. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you heard it earlier. He is my 20th-ranked quarterback so far this week. With that being said... I think he's a sne- sneaky GPP play in uh, in DFS because I don't think a lot of people are going to be using him. Martavis Bryant apparently might get a break. For those who are not... Obviously, you can't see me. Uh, I just kind of did the, like, the air quotations. Uh, so, I don't know what's going on with Martavis Bryant. Juju Smith- Smith-Schuster has actually, out- actually been out-snapping him the past three games. I think Juju Smith-Schuster right outside my top 36 but he is a guy that I want to own obviously you're using Le'Veon Bell you're using Antonio Brown from the Kansas City Chiefs you're using Kareem Hunt you're using Kelsey if he's healthy Kelsey Uh, I know he was in the concussion protocol but I think he's going to go in that game Tyreek Hill Mm -hmm. low end wide receiver two with boom or bust potential the Steelers secondary has actually been very uh very effective so far this year I think Alex Smith is like just outside my top 12 at quarterback Anything else that you want to add to this game?
2: Um, about Bryant. Are you off him completely? I mean, I I'm not starting still starting him. him. I can't start him. They give up big place Kansas. I think they got to connect at some point, these two guys. I think they're angry, the Steelers, right now. This might be the breakout game for them. I have a feeling that Ben and Tomlin are angry. angry. So watch out. If it, does,
1: if it does happen, it was your boy Chris Venture who told you it yep. would because I am not advocating using Martavis Bryant this week. <laughs> uh, the Chargers... You're using Keenan Allen. You're using Melvin Gordon. Uh, I think Phillip Rivers is a low-end QB1. Uh, Mike Williams is returning. Uh, You want to take a wait-and-see approach with him. Tyrell Williams, I don't really feel strongly about. Amari Cooper... No. I think he could bounce back I still don't want to do it yet Michael Crabtree you're using I told you about Marshall Lynch earlier in the show So you know how I feel about him Chris Venture thank you so much for joining me Appreciate it thank On you. Weekend Fantasy Update Next week Joe Galina and Michael Florio are back For Chris Ventura. I am Frank Stample It's been real Stay classy fantasy owners